What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Greg Freeman, and I get to be one of the pastors here at New Vision. And today we're going to be reading Acts chapter 18, verses 24 through 28. And I am reading from the ESV translation. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Now, in much of Acts, we see the different missionary journeys of Paul and his impact in planting churches. But in these verses, the the writer Luke, he's shifting his attention to Apollos. And Apollos is a lesser known uh, missionary than than Paul or or Barnabas uh, for most of us, but his story is still interesting and instructive. And so as we contemplate these verses, there are a couple of things that are worth drilling into. First, it's really important to understand the implications of Apollos being from Alexandria. That's not just a little detail. That's a big deal. And in that day, Alexandria was a center of intellectualism and learning. Now, some scholars estimate the library there had around 700,000 books. This was close to 2,000 years ago. And notable church fathers like Clement and Oregon came from Alexandria. So in other words, Alexandria was full of smart people. And Apollos was one of them. Listen to how Luke, the physician, describes him. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. Now, as a Jew and as a well-educated Jew, Apollos would have been intimately familiar with the Old Testament. He probably even memorized most or or all of it even. And he was eloquent, the Bible says. He could explain uh, the Old Testament in a way that people could understand. Verse 25 says that he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And that pretty much means that Apollos had had personal, formal training in the New Testament. So this was a guy who people had invested in. He was fervent. And verse 25 points out that he spoke and taught accurately about things concerning Jesus. But then the music kind of turns a little bit, right? And we see at the end of verse 25, we see a gap. This very educated, very fervent, very articulate man. He knew only about the baptism of John. He did not understand the rest of the gospel narrative. And he really didn't understand the reality of Christ's atoning death on the cross and what that means for believers. So verse 26 starts off explaining that Apollos is speaking boldly in the synagogue in Ephesus. So he's, he's speaking confidently. He's, he's wrong, but he's speaking boldly. And that he did not know the full story, that didn't stop him. But listen what happens. As Priscilla and Aquila, a married Christian couple, are listening, they realize Apollos is not aware of the most vital parts of the gospel message. Now the ESV translation says they took him aside, but others say they took him into their home. And that's where they explain the way of God to him more accurately. So let's pause here and take a look at this interaction and, and see what it can mean for us. As we said, Apollos was an educated man. Some might call him a subject matter expert. He came from an intellectual city. He was eloquent. 
as we saw, he did not know the whole story of the gospel, and that's where Priscilla and Aquila come in. And when they realized he had gaps in his knowledge, they took him to a private place, and they gently instructed him. Now, why did they do that? Because that is part of what Christian community is. As believers, we have both the opportunity, but also the obligation, the responsibility to share truth with one another. This couple had the confidence and boldness to gently instruct a guy who was very intellectual. The Bible doesn't say it, but I would kind of guess they were nervous as they were stepping into this. If we try to liken it, it might be for us like going to a session somewhere in town and hearing a highly favored, long-tenured MTSU professor speak, but us knowing confidently that the professor was missing something and then inviting him over to the house to correct him. It's a little bit of boldness in that. But that's what Priscilla and Aquila did. And they understood it was more important to make sure that truth was shared than to avoid that potential awkwardness. Now, scholars debate as to whether Apollos was actually a Christian when he was speaking in that synagogue in Ephesus, and there's no way on this side of heaven to know that. But one thing is abundantly clear. He absolutely fully understood the complete gospel when he left their home. He left their house as a believer, no doubt about it. And so I think we need to ask ourselves three things. First is our spiritual maturity and our scriptural awareness such that we would catch it if someone doesn't fully understand the gospel. Now, we don't have to be theologians, but it does mean that we have to have a full understanding of the gospel and its implications. Or where do you feel like you stand on that? Second, do we have the courage to gently instruct those other believers in our lives when they're missing something? Now, this may be something they don't understand about the truth of salvation. It may be ongoing behavior that's inconsistent with the Christian life. It may just be a word somebody chooses to use or how they interact with other people. And as it must have been for Priscilla and Aquila, that's an awkward conversation to step into. But if you've been around New Vision for any amount of time, you've heard Pastor Brady say it, we push into awkward because on the other side of awkward is something amazing. And that was certainly the case for Apollos, right? He goes on to be just a fantastic apologist. And for Priscilla and Aquila to step into it, they had an impact on that. And then third, if and when we have those conversations, are we doing it sensitively? Are we doing it gently? Are we doing it properly? And this narrative, this married couple, they cared for Apollos. You know, they may have otherwise just pointed out his ignorance in the public place. But their willingness to share truth with him was for his benefit, not for theirs. They invited him into their home. And doing it privately honored him and protected him. So in those situations where we feel a burden to gently instruct a fellow believer, do we truly have their best interest in mind? Or do we just want to share uh, our opinion on something? Now there's another thing we need to keep in mind from this little this little story, there's another perspective, and that's the one of Apollos. He was an educated guy. We talked about that. He had a great academic resume. He was competent in the scriptures, the Bible says. He had personal tutoring. Then these two people in Ephesus pull him aside to tell him that he was wrong. What you kind of think, he's thinking, who do, who do they think they are? I mean, it's not like they're from Alexandria. But we learn something from Apollos as a response. Good leaders are teachable. He listens to their instruction. He doesn't get defensive. His openness to correction really positions him to be a great apologist in Ephesus, but then even beyond as we're going to see. So how do we respond when someone corrects us? Personally, I can find myself being dismissive. Like they don't know. They don't know better. They don't know what's going on. But the reality is we all have blind spots. And if we're not willing to be made aware of those blind spots, then we will never be living up to what God has called us to. Now, to be sure, there are people who think they have the answers for you or they want to criticize everything. 
That's not what we're talking about here. But that's why it's important for us as believers to have relationships with other Christians, relationships where we can encourage and support, but also correct one another. So, I mean, take a moment to think about who it is in your life that you will allow to instruct you. Who is it you'll allow to speak truth into your life? It definitely does not need to be everyone you come into contact with. But there need to be a few people that you can hear from and who you have invited to speak truth to you. So to finish out these verses, uh, the instruction that Priscilla and Aquila gave, Apollos clearly stuck because he goes on to Achaia. Now it's helpful to know that Achaia is another word for Corinth, the home of the Corinthians where Paul had evangelized and, you know, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And so when Apollos got there armed with a full understanding of Jesus and the gospel, he became a powerful evangelist. In verse 28 says, he powerfully refuted the Jews in public showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. That's a big deal for uh, in the synagogue, and he made a significant impact in that community. So Apollos was corrected by Priscilla and Aquila. Then he went to Corinth, where he greatly helped those who grace had believed, the Bible says. He had a significant impact on that church, but it caused division in the church. Paul had been there on, a, on his missionary journey. In short, uh, believers in Corinth were taking up sides, choosing which teacher they preferred, Paul or Apollos. We're going to jump over to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to see that Paul writing to the church in Corinth, kind of chastising him. And listen to verses 1 through 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is Paul. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. He's telling them they're just not spiritually mature yet. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Paul's saying, it's not really about us, right? It's about who, who are these people in your lives? They're the people who God's given to, to help you grow, to know him. Uh, in verse 6, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. That's key, God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. They're not different, they're one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. This is a great caution for us as believers to focus less on our preferences and instead focus on the center of everything that goes on in any church or really anywhere we go, and that is God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important thing anywhere, anytime, and when we let our preferences get in the way of sharing the gospel and division occurs, that gospel can be overlooked or by non-believers, that's going to be downright dismissed, and that's just not not acceptable. Paul summarizes chapter 3 like this, starting in verse 21. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, and Cephas is Peter, or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. But listen, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Now, Paul is intentionally diminishing the importance of key church leaders himself, Apollos, Peter, but he's doing that in favor of God's sovereignty. We have to understand that God trumps all. And as we go about our lives, we need to make sure we, we never lose sight of that fact. 
that the love of God is the most important thing. It, it's more important than our emotions, our preferences, our relationships. When we focus on the Lord, and we're willing to say challenging things to those we care about, and we're willing to hear challenging things from those who care about us, then we are honoring God. And in the end, God receives that glory. So that last verse of chapter 3 is powerful. If you are a believer, then you are Christ's. And that is the best place a human being can possibly be. Thanks for listening, and God bless you. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.